Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah. Oh, excuse me. I keep doing that. I'm sorry. I've taken a new call. District president of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I apologize, everybody. That is a new calling. I've highlighted that before, but here we are. Thank you for tuning in this morning on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season this Thursday, June the 30th. The end of June is here, but also we know that no matter what day it is, the light of Jesus shines on us, and it does today from Genesis chapter 24. We ended yesterday right in the middle of Genesis 24, a story you probably have heard, a story that you maybe just kind of overlooked before. Maybe you jumped from Genesis 22 to other parts of Genesis. Um, But today, this is really exciting. Yesterday, one person called in and they made the comment that we were almost like it was a full hour of Isaac because there was a lot of joy, a lot of laughter, a lot of grace, and a lot of Jesus. So as we come together today, we studied Genesis 24 Finish it off, and I know we'll have a great time today as well. So open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles, for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word this morning, we welcome back Pastor Brian Davies of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Grays Lake, Illinois. Pastor Davies, happy Pentecost and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Good morning. Thanks be to God for this opportunity to connect and good morning to our listeners. Pastor Davies, tell us, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked. Uh, What's going on for you, your family, and the saints at Lord of Glory? Well, first of all, Pastor Finneran, congratulations on your demotion. <laughs> well, okay. T- tell our listeners more. How, why did I get – what is a demotion? You're, you're, I think I agree with you, but tell us more. Well, serving in that role, uh, I know you loved being a parish pastor. I'm in. Uh, and uh, you get to serve in a different way. And I jokingly say it's a demotion, <clears throat> but you're going to be serving the Lord in a different way. The Lord bless you and he will be with you. You are God's man for that call at this time in history. Uh, you have the gifts for it. And so I just want to say a word of affirmation and congratulations to you, dear brother. Yeah, thank you, brother. So, and, and you know what? With anything, and this is for you, our listeners. We always pray, and I and I realize now part of my prayer is when people transition, either from a call to a call or to a job to a job, your home to a home, we are not moving where our family's staying in Sartell, so I'm doing more yep. commuting at this stage. Um, but it is something that I think for, just invite our listeners, pray for the individuals that are uh, in transition because it is quite it can be quite stressful so thank you for that any 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 transition but yeah um pastor life here is good i got a lot to be thankful for we're just coming out of a vbs where we had about 123 kids and 83 volunteers wow we served together it was so much fun it was spirit filled it was joy it was seed planting You know, when you come out of a VBS, not exhausted and like, we are never doing that again, but actually (laughs) like filled up and like, dude, that was awesome. Like, that's what we feel. And got about 50 kids going off on a mission trip here coming up. Um, So a lot to be thankful for. And God's word and his gifts are for his people. I just had a conversation with somebody who visited our church on Sunday and uh, said, tell me about your experience. And he said, you know, I had about 10 people come up to me 
and welcomed me. And that was very significant for him. So to our mm-hmm. listeners, let me tell you, when you're in church and you see somebody that you don't know uh, and you introduce yourself or just say hi or welcome them, that is very significant. And keep doing that because it makes a difference. And the best line I've come up with is not, are you new? Because you could get, no, I've been here for 11 years. Right, um, instead, right. it's, you know, I don't think I've met you yet, which covers the 11-year visitor or the one-week visitor. And, and, and there's so much truth to that because ultimately we all, I mean, all of us know that there's things that we forget. I mean, that becomes more and more obvious every single day. So it at least admits, hey, I may have made that mistake, right. but ultimately I'm going on my way to speak to you. So that's another that's good right. thing for us all to remember. And that goes for in church, in the community, even you know other gatherings. It's a good way that's for right. us to always approach each other as redeemed by our Lord. So, Pastor, right. we're here to be in Gen 24, which is a wild ride. I mean, we had a great time yesterday. I know we're going to continue to have a great time. Can you begin our time and uh, in our time in prayer? I'd love to. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the ministry of KFUO, which is bringing your word, which is truth, to the world. So, Lord, thanks for this moment that we get to, to visit together, to together come under those gifts, to read Mark and inwardly digest them so that almighty God, we might know you better and be better prepared to serve your people and to love you in the midst of it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Reminder to listeners, if you have any questions concerning our text today, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call us on this live study, 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Pastor, we're not going to read through the whole thing. Uh, this is a long chapter, but we, you know, we're in the back end of Genesis 24, and it is, it is a, just a fun, true story. Yesterday, Pastor DeGroat said very clearly, he said, Jesus is all over in this text. And so that's, that's how we got started. So, Pastor, give us a little background, or how do you want to begin our time this morning? Love it. I love the, I think it's a Luther quote. They says, I open the Bible and I see Christ on every page. And he's, mm-hmm. your previous guest is right. And we're going to see that again today. Uh, I, I do think it might be helpful for our listeners just to get a little context because even if you're a regular listener to KFUO, you probably haven't spent the last 23 hours thinking about Genesis 24. So let's just bring everybody up to speed. Um, I think Genesis 22, and I think you might have even mentioned it, mm-hmm. Pastor Finner, in your introduction. That is like one of the seismic texts of Genesis. This is the Abraham tested, uh, you know, are you going to sacrifice your son? And then the Lord provides the ram. I mean, total Christ all over that passage. But Mm -hmm. that does give us a a sense for the relationship between Abraham and Isaac. uh, Genesis chapter 23, Sarah has died. Mm -hmm. Genesis 24, you got to believe that now Abraham is saying, okay, my wife died. I'm probably not far behind. So kind of starts thinking about what's next. And his thought is really what's next for my son. I need a, I need a wife for my son. So that's what you guys looked at yesterday, which yep. is Abraham saying, sending the, the servant, his right hand man, go back to my home country, which would have been about a 500 to 900 mile journey. Um, and the Lord is going to reveal to you, 
God willing, a, a daughter, a, a, a wife for my son. So that was the that was the text from yesterday. We pick it up today, I believe, in verse forty-two, where mm-hmm. kind of the conversation continues between the servant of Abraham and Rebecca. So that's where we're at. I love it, and and, and it, it, one of the key things that we had yesterday was a very clear. Uh, Eleazar goes and he's like, Lord, he, he, go, he literally goes there and, and waits and says, Lord, if, if, if you can find me a, a woman for Isaac, uh, just let it be so. That's the basic prayer he had. And he prays kind of, he prays some very specific things and every single thing the Lord answered. And it was just like, there's one part where it says uh, that he kind of gazed at her in silence to learn what if this is true, basically, whether the Lord has yeah. prospered his journey or not. So it kind of like this constant jaw to the ground moment, like, okay, is this actually happening? God's answering my prayers. And this is just uh, it, important for the Christian life. I mean, how many times do we pray and kind of assume it goes nowhere? But guess what? God answers those prayers. So, Pastor, why is it important that when we do pray, we know that God not only hears, but answers those prayers? Why is that important? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm really glad you guys settled there as I studied this text. That was kind of what really jumped out to me as well. Um, I I do think a word of caution, you know, this is not Abraham and Eliezer kind of putting the Lord to the test. Um, This is Mm -hmm. like an openness and a willingness and a desire to be led by God in this seismic decision. You know, one thing I've arrived at is that there are two decisions you make in your life. Number one, who you marry. And number two, every other decision you make in the rest of your life. Right. I mean, it is a (laughs) seismic decision. So that's kind of where Abraham is at. Like I, this is so huge and I want God to be all over this. And this is not Eliezer saying, okay, um, you know, or to use a modern example, like I'm going to go to a twins game and the hundredth person that walks through the gates is going to be the person I marry. Like, no, that's like this folly, like uh, God is going to ordain this, um, you know, whether he wants to or not thing. This is a um, Lord, we need you. Uh, We're going to worship you, trust you uh, and know that your will is going to be best. and, And here's, here's how we're going to know that you're all over this. And then as you observed and likely with your guests yesterday, the Lord delivers exactly how it was prayed for. And so do we do trust, we do trust and know the Psalms language for prayer is the Lord bends his ear to hear our prayers, mm. which means like mm. the almighty God who we have no business having an audience with outside of Jesus Christ. Hmm. bends his divine ear to hear us. So when we pray, it is not us talking to ourselves. It is the creator of the universe, the one who finds the perfect balance of oxygen and hydrogen and nitrogen so that we can live, actually bends his divine ear to hear us. And we can trust that he is hearing us, and that what he delivers to us is going to be the best thing for us and that we can worship God regardless of the outcome. And I think if I could have our listeners take one thing from this, it's like this is Eleazar and Abraham saying, oh, Lord, you are going to lead us well. 
and I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to unfold and we're going to worship you regardless. Well, that's a great segue for us as we look at the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would have said, um, and to be able to see that play out even greater. So right now, basically, Abraham is speaking to Laban, just kind of giving him the story, and we ended kind of on a cliffhanger. So let's continue. I'm ready to dig in. Are you ready, Pastor? Let's go. All right. Verse 42 of Genesis chapter 24, we hear the word of God. I came today to the spring and said, this is, um, excuse me, this is Eleazar and Laban. O Lord Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, behold, I'm standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw water to whom I say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking, in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water, and I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will give your camels drink also. So I drink, and she gave the camels drink also. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing has come from the Lord Yahweh. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord Yahweh has spoken. Well, Pastor, we got a lot of reviews there. And then at the end, it was kind of like, oh, sounds good to me. Go ahead. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I do like, uh, and one thing that really jumped out to me here was verse 48. I bowed down and worshiped the Lord. I forget the number, but I think it's somewhere in the region of uh, 65 to 75% of the worship that happens in the old Testament happens outside of formal worship places Mm, that it's like a part of life that like in this moment, it's not, Oh my goodness, this awesome thing happened. I can't wait to go to temple on Saturday and thank God for it. Mm, But rather mm -hmm. this awesome thing happened and I'm going to worship God right here and right now for it. So boy, wouldn't it be great if it became a part of all of our kind of narratives and personal habits and practices that we said as a part of our life, Lord, I worship you right now that you did this rather than I'm going to thank God on Sunday because this happened, or I'm going to take inventory on Sunday and worship for how the Lord has blessed me, but rather we see it as a part of our everyday lives because that is all over this text. Verse 40, uh, it's 
47 and 48, you know, the ring and the bracelets go on. And I bowed down and worshiped Yahweh. I praised mm. the Lord. So it's like, this is a part of his everyday life. I love it. And that is very profound for us to continue to remember how <laughs> that we don't, and we say that without, if anything, that increases the joy when you come to worship on Sunday, right? So mm-hmm. you can't tell me that he's praising God here and then says, oh, by the way, I don't need to get together with God's people, you know, for yeah. worship, you know. But if anything, it increased it because now you have all of these gifts, all of this blessing that's there. And the story itself just leads you to say, well, just thanks be to God. That's exactly that's right. the message. So that's this encouragement, as Pastor has said so well for us to thank God through all our days to pray. It's kind of like when you say, oh, I'll pray for you. Um, well, if you're anything like me, Pastor, I forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it's good for us to have that daily walk of prayer everywhere we go. Now, yeah. to moving forward into this, Pastor, verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered and said, so he says all these things, this is what the Lord has done. And after all that, basically they just say, Okay, there she's yours. You know, uh, we'll yeah. see you later. <laughs> yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a verse. I believe it's in the book of Acts, and I and it just came to my mind as we were having this conversation, or else I would have looked it up beforehand. But I believe it's like you know, if this is from God, it's going to be uh, successful, and if it's not, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing we're going to do about it. Kind of like this is totally up to God and it's not up to us. And that's the sense I get from this conversation. Um, and Laban and Bethuel really declare that this is from Yahweh. Um, we can say nothing to you one way or the other. Like we got nothing here. We are completely sense sensing that this is from the Lord and we're not going to do anything to get in the way of it because getting in the way of it is futile. Now, as we read this, it's important for us to remember that this is not necessarily a, once again, a prescriptive reality. So if if Pastor Davies or for me, you know, we you have daughters, I have daughters, um, that if a young man comes to us and says, by the way, um, you know, the Lord told me to take your daughter and marry her and move out to New York. Uh, of course, you're from New York. That's not a fair analysis. Um, um, to uh, California, uh, this is not necessarily a mandate that you have to listen to that. Am I correct or am I off on my interpretation? I, I believe that the prescriptive descriptive distinction is one of the most underrated distinctions to help people understand what's going on in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I just walked our congregation through this recently as we looked at Acts 2, 42 and following, which was the picture of the early mm-hmm. church, you know, kind of merging all of what they had into one. And I said, you know, don't worry, we're not going to bring our bank statements and retirement accounts to church next week. I mean, this is like a, a description of what God's people did at that time, not a prescription of what God's people are to do. We're to take those practices and habits um, but not necessarily the direct application of it. And so we would then look at, for instance, that uh, this text here and say, well, what would the Lord have us do? Not that we should do exactly what the servant does here or follow the example of any servant like who comes to us with this request, but rather we ought to take from it the idea that we live our lives understanding that God is ordaining what's happening in our lives and we would do well 
to live more open-handed and understanding that the Lord is truly leading us and he's got us and he's really good at directing and ordaining our lives. And I'll say this too. I love how you, how you said that. Oh, let me take a step back here. The, the verse you spoke of is in Acts chapter five. And this is where, uh, you know, they were trying to figure out what to do with these disciples. Right. And the, the, the Pharisee and the council, the council was meeting, what we do with these guys and Gamaliel, right. Uh, is the one who basically said in verse five, Acts 5, verse 39, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. Um, and so that's, that's the reference you had in, in the book of Acts, which is outstanding connection in this as well, is that reality of, you know, we don't want to get in the way of God. And that's something that we all have to remember. The part of that is interesting to me to think about it in this flip side. I know I've had a tendency, and I think we tend to do this in our culture, is to say, oh, since it's not prescriptive, then I don't ever have to consider anything that has to do with this, which we're not saying. Like you said, we're open-handed. We're open. Uh, we're we're, we're going to determine what God's word has to say, as long as it doesn't contradict God's word, is that we're going to address this with word and prayer and, and God giving us wisdom. Um, so it isn't necessarily that uh, well, you know, someone comes and wants to marry my daughter that, uh, you know, I'm going to say absolutely no, because that's not prescriptive in the Bible. Well, let's let's pray through this. Let's look at God's word. Let's figure out what this might be. And uh, you just you just pray that uh, um, that this that this young man is at, at the very least a Vikings fan. I mean, we can at least get that figured out before we start making any crazy decisions. What do you think, Pastor? So I think that you are a husband. You are a dad, you're a pastor, a future district president. I'm guessing that there are a lot of decisions that you have had to make or have to make. Isn't that true? Every day. Absolutely. Right. And mm -hmm. so uh, to me, the takeaway looking at this text was, what if every decision before our family or before our church or before me individually started with me or us saying, we don't know what the decision is going to be, but we know and trust that God is going to lead us and that we are going to be in a lookout for where and how God is going to lead us to that. Because how often in those decisions do we just cry out to God, God, just tell me what to do. Right, right, <laughs> Just tell me right. the answer. Drop it like a stone from heaven. But the Lord says, no, I want you to instead wrestle with it, talk about it, pray about it, grow in your faith in the midst of the indecision and see me at work. And then it's like we get to know God better in the midst of the decision. But this is almost like this text is teaching us a key principle in the decision-making decision making matrix which is first trust God that he's going to lead us well. And he will. Mm -hmm. He's undefeated. That's right. He's undefeated. That's a good, he's had the victory and he continues to have the victory. That's good. Undefeated. Uh, the, the 16 and 0, or what is it now? 17 and 0 in the NFL. Um, I'm sorry. I'm making all these football references already. Cause I knew pastor Davies was a college football player, so I could get away with it. But, um, and so as we look at this, yeah, faith, 
This comes down to faith. And guess what? This goes back to, we go back to this all the time, Abraham and faith in Hebrews chapter 11, a great text for you to continually look at as we look at our text today. Pastor, as we've gone through 42 through 51, anything else you want to um, to highlight before we continue on? No, I think the only thing I would say would be, um, as I started to look at this, I started to reflect a little bit on the on the life of Abraham. Um, and, you know, that really starts in the call of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, which is the blessing, you know, you will be a blessing, I will bless you. And then it this now where that was kind of the beginning of the call of Abraham. Uh, this is really the end of Abraham's life. Um, mm-hmm. And we've seen God has blessed Abraham. Like what he said he was going to do in his life, he did in abundance. Look at 24 verse one, the Lord had blessed him in every way. And now we're just seeing the fruition of that, that, you know, not only has he provided for him, you know, uh, financially and provisionally, and then with a wife and then with a son here, and then like seeing him through that traumatic Genesis 22 moments. And now we're kind of seeing at the end of his life, this provision of providing Rebecca for his son, which then ought to me call to mind to your listeners and to you in the midst of your new call and to me and what's before me, like the Lord goes way ahead of us. The Lord is going to put us where he wants us to be. He's going to give us what we need. It's not always going to be what we want. It might be more difficult than we want. Uh, It might mean challenge or hardship along the way, but it, it never means that he loses sight of us or turns his back on us. Um, it always means that he leads us towards what is good. That's according to his promise and word. And he's kept his promise with Abraham and he does it with us as well. Well, let's do this, Pastor. We we have um, some ground to cover after our break. Right now, uh, boy, I'm, I'm excited to be able to dig in, but we need to take our break. We are studying Genesis chapter 24 with Pastor Brian Davies, and we'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan316. Welcome back. We are studying Genesis 24 with Pastor Brian Davies of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Grays Lake, Illinois. Now, Pastor, let's just dig into the text here once again. Are you ready? I am, but I I thought just uh, one last thought on the previous part of the story before we forget this little quiz Mm -hmm. for you. Um, Do you know Uh how much water 
water a camel can drink? How much water a camel can drink? But, well, it's not I, a I'm, joke, well, by the way. Like, this, okay, I was like, like a, 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 a joke. My eight-year-old son would say no. <laughs> How much? Water I have no. I, I have no idea. Uh, Twenty gallons. Twenty gallons of water. I like get one time. You're saying? Yeah, and so uh, a thirsty camel will drink twenty gallons of water, and so and remember, there's ten camels here right. on this journey. So, like, I don't know how long it takes ten camels to drink twenty gallons of water, but I think it does highlight the fact that this was, you know, when as a part of the story, the Lord ordains Rebecca to say, "Hey, I'll help draw water for your camels too," you know. This would have been like, this is not I'll hold the door open for you as you walk into Target. This is mm-hmm. like, I will put mulch all over your house. You know what I mean? Like, this is a right. big deal. This is no small feat. And so I think further confirmation, man, the Lord has really ordained this person to be in, in you know, my master's life. But yeah, let's keep going with the text. I love it. And and once again, it's a reminder of one, the Lord provides. You keep going back to Genesis 22. The Lord will provide was what they named that area or that spot that the Lord provided the ram. And then also to trust that the Lord will provide. And that's clearly a case there when you are serving and compassionate and loving and doing so. We do so trusting our Lord is indeed giving to us. So let's continue on. Verse 52. When Abraham's servant heard their words, He bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, send me away to my master. Her brother and her mother said, let the young woman remain with us a while. At least 10 days after that, she may go. But he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away and I may go to my master. They said, let us call the young woman and ask her. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. I'm going to stop there, pastor. You kind of have uh, here, clearly, this is another situation. Bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. Another opportunity to praise God in the daily vocations. What else did you find in these verses? Yeah, I want to make sure that our listeners see that, that once again, Abraham's servants sees this as, boy, this is like not good luck, or boy, this is going great. I'm having a great day at work today. No, Mm. this is like the almighty God is all over this. And we would do well to mirror that in our very lives. Like when something goes right, we would do well to say, Lord, I want to make this an act of worship for you. I recognize you're the one who is ordaining this circumstance. You're making this happen. You're really good to me. I don't deserve it. Uh, I haven't earned it, but this is just your favor and grace extended in my life. And I think that's um, Mm -hmm. what we see here with Abraham's servants. And so then that leads to generosity, brings out the gold's, Gives it to Rebecca, gives it to her brother and to her mother. Um, there's like worship and grace and bounty all around. And when we look at this, you, you, it's very real. And I, and I, I bring us back to Genesis 23 because Genesis 23 is when Sarah died, 
and it, it seems kind of just basic information. You know, it's just just information that doesn't always necessarily fit in Genesis. Sometimes the stories seem to have this greater purpose, but Sarah's death and burial, it's just kind of like he buried her. Um, but it brings back to our reality of stepping back, showing the details that we all need to have when we grieve. And here you get that little bit of a feel of why did they include this part? Because the ultimate end <laughs> wasn't at all changed because of, because of it. But the mother's like, can you stay for 10 days at least? You know, I want to, I kind of want to find out about your interests. I want to find out about who you are. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that into the text, of course, but you kind of, you feel for the mother there. It's like, Hey, can I take her away now? And she's like, how about 10 days? And then it comes back to Rebecca and says, will you go? And she says, I will. So I, I love those little insertions that show us that these people are not some kind of robots that are just, you know, not, not dealing with real life issues, but they are real people. And ultimately they're struggling through these things with faith, as you mentioned before, that we need to as well. Your thoughts on, on the, uh, on the narrative that we hear. Thank you. I think you did a great job introducing that. I had the same response to this text. Um, mm -hmm. These heroes of the faith are human beings too with emotion. And this has got to be hard for them. Like, can you, put yourself in their shoes like uh, mm -hmm. with one night all of a sudden now your daughter is going to move 500 to 900 miles away and by the way you can't take a united flight to go see her whenever you want to like who knows what the future means and so you can totally understand her brother and her mother saying hey can you just give us 10 days like give us some last celebrations maybe some mourning some grieving some let's just hang together for a little while longer uh, that's a that's very human um we just uh in an adult bible study we're working through the gospel of luke and came across um the narrative it's the end of chapter nine i believe where uh a man says, Lord, I want to follow you. Or maybe it's the Lord who says, come follow me. And the person says, I will first let me bury my father, you know, which mm -hmm. as we read that may have been, Hey, my father kind of is ill. Let me wait until he passes away, which is this indefinite period of time. And the Lord says, you know, no, we got to go now. There's an urgency to kingdom matters that we don't always bring. And I think, that to me is as much as there's the human emotion of, Hey, let me just hang for 10 more days. The response is really the, you know, the Lord wants to do this. So let's get after it. So there ought to be kind of a, a sense of urgency when we're called by God or get a sense for what God wants to do. We oughtn't, you know, tarry or delay or put it off, but recognize Lord, if you want me to do this, the best thing I can do is follow where you're leading. And this is something I'm thinking about too, is what we find in this text is a very important aspect of showing the Christian, the, the, the faithful life, you know, for them, it was looking to the promised Messiah for us it's knowing the Messiah is with us that to be able to live that faith filled life. And once again, it's not, this is not a prescript of like, Someone says something, you say, no, I'm just going to go. Well, some days you're going to have to wait those 10 days. But the end, end product of it 
is the same reality. You have to let go. I think about this too, Pastor Davies. I think I know I've talked about this in the program, but my daughter uh, went to uh, high school in Missouri last year. My ninth grade, now going to go in tenth grade um, daughter. And and I tell you what, like whether she would have told me one day before that she was going to leave to go to high school, a residential high school in Concordia, Missouri, or you gave me a whole year to prepare, the ending is still the same. I had to let go and drive away. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. And I think that's something important for us to remember, too, that this isn't saying, OK, it has to be right at that moment. But then there is a reality. We need to listen to the Lord as he calls us to do so. The emotions are maybe a little bit different, but they're still there. And we have to let go and, quote, let God as we look at all these things. And it ultimately comes down to that understanding of faith. Trusting the Lord is going to provide for us. And Lord, help us to understand, help us to grieve, help us to be strengthened, give us the fruit of the Spirit, give us all of those things as we trust in you, as we make any decision, as we see clearly. Even Rebecca truly trusts the Lord and says, well, okay, I'll go now if need be. So, Pastor, any thought on that and encouragement for our listeners as we make those daily decisions? Yeah, you know, your daughter going to the residential high school is a great example. And I think we should see that moments like this happen in our lives and what you said, how you process, how that went for your daughter is helpful. What we see here is helpful. It makes me think of um, parents who allow their children to follow their dreams, to go into the military, you know, may Mm -hmm. not be say the parents, are and like, oh, I want my kid to do this. But sometimes the kid is like, no, I feel like I'm called to do this. Uh, I will always give thanks to my parents personally, my father who's now with the Lord and my mom still walking on earth, who when I felt like the Lord was leading me to leave New York and go to the Midwest, mm-hmm. like never made me feel bad about that, but celebrated me for it and like respected it. And it's hard to do as a parent. It's hard to, like you said, there's human, these are not robots. These are human beings. But at the end of the day, if we believe the Lord is truly in this, the best thing we can do is surrender our lives, trust God and say, God, you have an unblemished track record of leading your people well. And I trust that you're going to lead my kid who's going into the army well, or my son who's going off to college or my ninth grader who's going off to residential high school. Like God, if you're in this, you're, you're going to bless this. And so it's almost like this is a great text that again, isn't prescriptive, but is descriptive of what it's like to be a servant of God who is led by God and who has to sometimes make decisions on earth that we do it trusting God and really yielding ourselves to God and his will and his plan. Cause it's going to be the best. And that's why I love Rebecca's response. Will you go with this man? They said, and she said, I will go. <laughs> this is that simple. And whether it's a long 10 page paper, you're writing about this, or when you talk to your parents, it was a, a day long discussion of why you went to Concordia in Chicago or river forest or sending my daughter, whether it's long or short, it is that same reality. I will go. And, and that, and that just shows the faith and obviously the gift that our Lord gives to us and strengthens us throughout pastor. Anything else in these words before we move on? Yeah. You know, um, 
the Bible, by the way, many times makes females heroes. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. the Bible sometimes has this patriarchal reputation of like, only the men are the good guys. It's like, dude, you ought to read the Bible because there are female heroes all over the place. This reminds me of Mary's response to the angel. Mary, who may have been similar age to Rebecca here, Mary gets the word that your whatever life you thought you were going to have, it's going to be radically different. You're going to bear the Messiah. And her response is, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. You know, again, no long-term paper. No, here's all the things I'm feeling about this. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And here we go. Here we have. Here, What do you think of this? Are you going to go? I will go. There you go. God's in this. Well, and may we say the same in our daily walk with the Lord. So the story continues. Verse 59. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, Our sister, may you become thousand of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. Then Rebecca and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebecca and went his way. Kind of a, you know, so I will go. And so they sent, and interesting enough, you know, Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men, and they went away. Now, Pastor, I, I don't know if you did any study on this. I, I did not particularly either. But verse 60, it's an interesting little, you know, blessing that they gave to Rebecca. One, showing the power of blessing that, that they did, but also that we do, because this is the Lord's blessing, not ours, um, but also an important part of Scripture. Anything you found in these verses? No, and I think not a lot is known about that. Like, and the fact that it is a call out makes it seem like this may have been uh, a take on like kind of a prayer or blessing that was common in this era. And so they kind of extended upon her. Um, But it really is, uh, to me, it shows um, there's no one in the story who's saying, uh, fine, if you want to go, go. You know, like there's no um, begrudging submission to the Lord's plan here. Rather, there is kind of just a faithful trust and obedience uh, that, Lord, you're in this. And our prayer is for Rebecca, that, Lord, your hand would be upon her. And I think this is a nice, uh, nice way of thinking about it for parents or grandparents who are in this position as their kids are going off to residential high school or to college or to the military or Mm -hmm. in any Mm -hmm. sort of transition, like this is the way God's people send God's people. And it's, it's interesting to me and and throughout, throughout our time as, as, as a pastor, what amazes me is that you'll have people that will speak about their family or they'll speak about the trials they've been through in their lives. And, and at the end of it, they will say, but I just, trusted the Lord through it all, or they bring up an issue that they're dealing with or that uh, struggles they had in the past. And they'll say, you know, I'm just giving it to God. And, and those words are, sometimes they can seem just 
too simple or there should be more to it or they should be more anxious or whatever it might be. But it, it really is that simple. I'm going to trust God in this. I'm going to trust God in that. And whether it is we have a great day of, of, of everything is just going great or we have other issues that are over here, the line is the same. I'm going to trust God through this process. And that's what I find over and over and over again is just this. They blessed Rebecca, probably with a lot of angst. Uh, they 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 watched her walk away uh, with the nurse and with Abraham's servant and his men and everything. And you can't tell me they didn't walk away with a few tears in their eyes. But yet at the end of it, they trusted the Lord. Pastor, anything else before we get to our last verse? Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I uh, to, to build off of that, I would say, even though that statement, I just trusted the Lord in the midst of it, sounds like flippant basically to me what i hear is yeah you know i shed some tears yeah you know i had some angry moments yeah i had some doubting moments yeah there were times where i kind of lost it emotionally but god was still in it you know and so it's almost like i'm gonna summarize all of my feelings and emotions about it by just saying God was in it or God saw mm-hmm. me through it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like I smiled the whole time or it was easy or because I'm a Christian, I didn't feel hardship. No, like I felt it. It hurts, but God was in it and God saw me through it and God is still good and God is still on his throne and I'm still going to trust in him. And so, you know, Christians ought to feel feelings are gifts from God. Like he doesn't, he never says, you know, suppress your emotions, but rather take what you're feeling and give it to me and surrender it to me and let me do my thing with it. And I did, I loved Well, there's a number of, of, of times we've had gems throughout the book of Genesis, but there was one particular study we had where the pastor continually said that God was carrying them through. And this specific to Abraham, that here's Abram, leaves his homeland, uh, is called to, to the land of Canaan, uh, you know, nice area, but also had other issues historically. And, 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 then, you, and then you look at Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and you, and you go through all of these situations. And it extends into to now, in Genesis 22, you get into Sarah's death. I mean, the legacy is over. Abraham clearly is not as good as he used to be. And, and, and with all this, and that really prominent theme that we'll see because it happens, guess what? After Abraham, that God carried them through. And that's what these folks, these, these very faithful individuals were trusting. And that's what I pray that I'm able to do, right? That God's going to carry me through this, which I think is a great imagery for us to remember, especially in light of, of such a story as this. Pastor, we only have a few more verses left. Any last thoughts before we dig in? No, I think just uh, last thoughts on that um, would be uh, it's an important like law gospel moment here distinction that like this is not meant to be like a bludgeoning hammer of God. Like you're not trusting me. You need to trust me more, but rather may we as God's people, even in the midst of hardship or in the midst of not making the right decisions or us turning away from God, just recognize Almighty God, you have seen me through it. Like, 
The gospel is all about what Jesus has accomplished. He is good. He is faithful. He went to the cross. He rose again. He forgave our sins. He's done it all. Like the burden isn't upon us to follow him. The burden was on Jesus who who did follow him, who was obedient to his father with the task that was before him. And now in light of that and fueled by the Holy Spirit of God, we then by God's power and strength alone, have the power to do exactly what we're saying. And when we don't, we turn to him and find forgiveness. Mm. Amen. So let's hear the rest of the story. Verse 62. Now Isaac had returned from Be'er Lahai Roy and was dwelling in the Negev. And Isaac went to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So they, you know, here's the woman that he has found. She has come. They meet. Break the story down for us because it, it is, um, well, this is a lot of joy in this as well. So continue, break this down for us. Well, you can tell that Moses was not much for a romance <laughs> because there would be a lot more here you know, than there was before. You know, I think like some people would look at this text and be like, all right. Genesis 24 has 66 verses. Let's make three or five of them about the whole camel drinking water thing and like 50 of them about the moment when Isaac and Rebecca met, you know, but we right, don't get that. Right. Um, nope, that's not nope. the, what the Lord ordained, but I think you, you can impart to this, boy, this must have been an emotional moment for them. Plus, you know, we kind of, by the way, fast forward a lot, don't we? I mean, like really not much about the actual journey. That was probably not the easiest journey ever taken. Um, they finally now fast forward and arrive where Rebecca arrives, sees Isaac. You know, this would be a, a place where, you know, we could have used a little more here from the word of the Lord, but, you know, to quote the end of John's gospel, uh, we get everything we need for salvation. And so That's we could just yeah. imagine what it was like for them to first meet and to know that Rebecca in her mind, like I've left everything and this is going to be my husband. This is going to be my life. And Isaac to say, wow, this is going to be, this is going to be my wife. Like this is going to be my life. Um, but you do get the sense that this moment did go well. Um, there's no conflict recorded. No, I want to go back, you know, from Rebecca. <laughs> right, but right. <laughs> this is the Lord. Uh, the Lord has fulfilled the promise to provide and the provision uh, is realized for both of them with each other. What a great vision of marriage. Mm -hmm. And this is where uh, a, a few things that's just interesting is uh, who is that? You know, who is that man walking towards us? And it's like you said, this is not going to make the Hallmark channel. 
um, of romance or American, uh, our American understanding, which maybe thanks be to God, you know, we get too much into the heart language of, of what happens in a marriage and a relationship. And maybe we just need to, for example, that I'm able to be with my wife and say, wow, you know, the Lord brought you to me and, you know, the heart and flutters and all that kind of stuff is definitely there. And I don't want to dismiss that. My beloved, we definitely get plenty of this. And in, in Song of Solomon, we definitely get plenty of this from other parts of scripture. But here it's, it's just as simple reality that God had had kept his promise. He kept his promise not only for them in union, and it does talk about that sexual union that they had, um, that they were able to become husband and wife, and then and that she did so with humility, and may we do the same thing when we enter our marriage, like you said, Pastor, that two important things in our life, you know, who you're going to marry, and then the rest. Um, and then it just, at the very end, that Isaac was comforted after his mother's death, which is not simply, oh, I'm married, okay, I feel better, but there had to be just that understanding of what God has has said would come true has come true. He probably enjoyed Rebecca. He he's able to see that God would take care of him and would provide and all of that. There's so much more to the story, but it's as simple as God keeps His promises and He provides for His people. What are your thoughts? Oh, really, really, really well said, and it brings back to mind. Again, this is not meant to be. What you had said, it brings back to mind what you had said earlier, that sometimes God's people just say, the Lord saw me through it. Again, not meaning that there's not emotion behind it or mourning behind it or grief or anger or all the feelings that we have. Uh, but it does mean that I arrived at a place where I saw that God and I saw and believed and trusted that God was still good, that he was providing and he was in the midst of it even when it was hard. And he's in the midst of it on the other side of it. And it's really cool. Like this then kind of closes the loop in essence on the mourning that Isaac had probably gone through. Um, and now he saw God still provides for me. Pastor, with about a minute and a half left in our time, as we look at really all of Genesis chapter four, how would you summarize our text and encourage our listeners in Christ? Uh, here's what I would say. Do your best, people of God, and I'm talking to myself as well, to be as surrounded by the gifts of God as possible so that we might, by the Spirit's power and work in our lives, have the same response of trust and faithful obedience that's revealed to us here in Genesis 24. This text is not about, you know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to search yourself to do or, you know, pick up your bootstraps and do it yourself. But so receive the Lord's gifts of his word, his sacraments, uh, the community of believers around us so that you're encouraged and supported and forgiven and sent forth and equipped by his word that when it comes time for your challenges and your decisions, you know and believe that God is in the midst of it. He's leading us and he will lead me and he's going to lead all of our listeners. Thanks be to God for that. Pastor Brian Davies of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Grays Lake, Illinois, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 24. Pastor Davies, it's always a joy and thank you for bringing us his gifts. God bless you and your family and all the listeners as well. 
I'm your host, Brady Finneran, excuse me, District President of the Minnesota North District. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.